Hi, and welcome to episode 84 of the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher. And I'm Sarah Kingsbury, Senior Web Editor. Each week, we bring to you the best apps, top tips, and great gear in the iOS world. And today, we'll be talking about WWDC rumors uh, just coming up in a couple of weeks. Apple has its Worldwide Developers Conference, where usually we get a preview of the upcoming iOS. So we'll see iOS 12, as well as product uh, announcements. So we're super excited about that. Uh, and we'll be telling you about that just in a short little while. But first, we want to tell you about our sponsor for the episode, our first sponsor, Skosh. So Skosh has a really great line of wireless chargers called the Magic Mount. And what how it works is they're Qi wireless chargers, but they have a, uh, they, the system comes with a little metal plate that you can either stick to your phone or stick to your case or you can actually slide it in between your phone and your case and they actually have a case that has it built in as well and so what it does is with that uh, in place you can actually magnetically stick your phone to the chargers so not only is it wirelessly charging you can also have it as a dock that's uh kept in place so you can have it in your car for navigating you can have it on your by your desk and you can also have one uh at home and so they have a whole line of these all using the same magic mount system it's a really great wirelessly charging solution uh and so i recommend it we will Put a link to it in iphonelife.com slash podcast because skosh is a hard word to spell. It is. We also should <laughs> include a link to the spec case. Did you mention the spec yeah, case? Yeah, good call. Spec partnered with skosh and has uh, just one of the... Whoa, sorry, hopefully that wasn't too much of a weird audio noise. Um, uh, they made a case that includes one of the magnetic mounts in it, and it's a nice, slim, yet protected case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are actually really big fans of spec Presidio cases we anyway, so it was exciting to see them collaborate, like two of our favorite brands. Mm-hmm. So check it out. Yes. Um, <clears throat> moving on, we'll tell you our favorite tip of this week. Uh, as many of you know, we have a daily tips newsletter that's completely free. And if you sign up, you get one tip in your inbox every day that teaches you something you didn't know how to do with your phone. You can go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips to sign up. And with iOS 12 coming out, you know, in the coming months, you'll especially want it because it will teach you everything new that Apple has come out with for your phone. Uh, This week, we're doing a best of week where we are re-sharing some of our most popular daily tips. So this one is how to save images from email and messages on your iPhone. Some of you may already know this, but it's one of those things if you don't, this will be a big breakthrough for you. Um, (laughs) If in your text message you receive a photo, you can just press and hold it and you have the option to save it. You also, if you tap the little info icon in a message thread, you'll see all of the images that have ever been shared in that thread. And that's something that's, and you can do the same thing from there where you can press and hold and save any of those images to your, so that they show up in your photos app. And if you're anything like me and you send a lot of gifts to people and receive a lot of gifts, it's really fun to tap that button and just see all the gifts you sent to them over the years. <laughs> and also, yeah. if you send all those gifts and photos, they're taking up a lot of storage yeah, space on your device. True. So if you make a habit of saving, you know, as soon as you receive them, any photos or gifts that you'll want to keep, then you can delete them and your messages app won't take up as much storage space on your iPhone. 
Yes, that's a great tip. Before we move on to our question of the week, I want to do a quick plug to our Facebook group. Uh, It's been really fun being able to connect with all of you who are currently in the Facebook group. Facebook group is a place for anybody who's part of our community to come, ask questions about their device, about products, apps, gear, whatever, and kind of all of you all get to answer each other's questions and we're on there as well helping answer questions so it's a really great place to connect with everybody else from the iphone life community to help all of us learn how to use our phones better if you listen to the last podcast you'll know we're also learning to use our phones better from this group there's a lot of fun conversations Mm -hmm. getting a lot of recommendations and cool stuff so make sure you check it out you can go to facebook and just search iphone life group or we will also link to it in the podcast Mm-hmm. And we also are going to be having a WWDC party in the Facebook group. Uh, oh, I'm we, so excited for yeah, this. Yeah, we watched the event live, as probably many of you do. And so we're going to be giving live updates of our take on an analysis of what's being announced. So you can follow along with us and we can all pretend like we're hanging out together eating pizza like we will be. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing we're going to do, and we're really excited about this, we've started doing workshops, which are live workshops of cool things uh, teaching you things uh, you can do with your phone on different topics. So we've already had one that is uh, how to get the most out of your battery. And it, we mm-hmm. teach you all the new iOS 11.3 tips. Uh, and we have a few others coming up. But what we're going to do is we're going to have uh, this will be a, a fusion event. It'll be a workshop slash our first ever live podcast. So immediately following WWC, we're going to get on. We're going to give our, we always do a commentary on everything announced, but we will actually be live and taking your questions. So stay tuned. Uh, If you want to be privy to all of these announcements, make sure you're on our email list so that you can do that from tip of the day, iphonelife.com slash daily tips. We've got a lot of awesome stuff coming up. Yeah, we're excited to get into the, the season of Apple announcements. Um, and yeah, so next up, we want to share our insider question. Uh, iPhone Life Insider is our premium product. If you sign up, you get a daily video tip that te- that goes along with the regular video tip, so you can follow along. We have video guides. We'll now have a full archive of our workshops. You can also get a digital subscription. You do get a digital subscription and full archive of our magazine. And you can ask Sarah your tech-related questions, and she will research and help you find answers. So, uh, Sarah, what was our insider question? Um, your favorite one this week? Uh, As plugged I, from the last episode. Right. <laughs> so this is actually a fairly long question and answer, but it's the kind of thing where you really need to know all the details in order to get the most out of it. So the insiders uh, wrote, uh, when I purchase something online, I will get suggested email addresses from which I can choose. Then the password often will enter itself automatically. This is fine, but I do not understand how to edit it if I want to. More importantly, when I enter a credit card, I can choose from a list that is remembered. My list is very long, and many of the cards are out of date or repeated. If I choose to enter a new card that I am currently using, it does not save it. The choices are listed when I tap on the auto setting, usually just above the order form I am using. Please explain how this this auto-saving process works and how and where to edit it. So basically, you are using iCloud Keychain, which um, lets you save login information, Wi-Fi information, and credit card information, and also your email account information, and then access it 
on any of your Apple devices where you're also signed into iCloud. Um, so, but yeah, if it's not up to date, it's pretty useless. So uh, you can edit all of this stuff. Um, what you can do is you can go to settings, Safari, autofill, and here, the only thing you can edit here besides choosing, you can choose to allow autofill to access credit card information and contact information and, and things like that. But the only thing you can actually edit here is your credit card information. So um, if you want to edit a card that's already there, you can tap on that card name and then update the information or delete it. Um, and if you want to add a new card, you just tap add a new card. Um, and then so you can go through and just prune your list down to what's you know you're actually using and what's current and then you know try and keep it up to date from then on. Um, and then as far as contact information, um, you can choose whether or not Safari can use this info and you can choose which contact card to use. Um, you know, most people will have a contact card for themselves set up that allows you to use Siri. It allows you to like autofill contact information. Some people like to set up a second contact card that they use for Safari autofill that just has the information they want for that purpose. So you can decide if that's what you want to do, but you have to edit that in the contacts app or in the contacts tab in the phone app. Um, as far as names and passwords, um, you can go to settings, accounts, and passwords, and you can edit the login information for any of your accounts that you can auto sign in from Safari. Um, and you can also add new accounts and passwords there, but also when you're using Safari and you log in for the first time, Safari will usually um, ask you if you want to save that information. And if you enter a new updated password, it will ask you if you want to update that password in the saved information. And if you are entering a new uh, account for the first time, it will suggest a password and create one for you that it will then save. Um, so that's how you edit it and sort of a simple version of how that works. Um, and, and yeah, but if you keep it up to date, it can be very useful. That answers some questions for me because I <laughs> definitely have not kept it all up to date. Like there's one credit card that always is outdated that I just avoid and it'll be much nicer to go in and actually delete it. Well, if it makes anyone whose stuff is out of date feel better, the uh, my home uh, zip code is entered wrong. I made a typo and I have never gone in and fixed it. <laughs> Even when I was like looking through my settings to make sure what I was saying was accurate, I didn't bother to go in and change that. Yeah. So, yeah. It's one of those so, mental block things because it's really not that hard. Now I'm really embarrassed now that I've confessed that to everyone. So I'm going to go in and do that after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> now we're ready to move into our main theme for the episode and tell you all about WWDC rumors and what you can be expecting come June 4th. Uh, first, we want to talk about what the iOS updates. So we've got. Can I first talk about our sponsor? Yes, you can. <laughs> so we have our second sponsor for this podcast, Tablift. Let me grab their product for those of you who are watching the video. <laughs> this is why. This, okay, that's why Noah didn't want me to do that. Now I know. Okay. <laughs> so Tablift, we're going to talk about the rumors. One of the rumors is going to be iPad. There's going to be new iPads coming out. If you're getting a new iPad or if you have a new iPad, you have to get this product. 
it's really convenient for if you ever want to use your iPad when you're in a reclined position. If you want to use it from a chair or when you're in bed, it holds it at just the right angle. What I found is, if you, especially if you're using it uh, while you're in bed, you kind of want the iPad to be tilted towards you, in most cases tilted away from you. Uh, so really affordable. It's uh, I think it's like the number one iPad stand on Amazon. Uh, so you, we will link to it, or you can go into Amazon and search Tablift, and it will come up. Uh, and it's definitely a great product for all iPad users. My dad's been using the Tablift and is obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. He because he uses his iPad in bed a lot. Yeah, I do. I do too, and it's so convenient. Yeah. I feel like it's not conducive to like two people using the iPad, like watching Netflix together or something. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of the times people on iPads are doing it solo anyway, but sad and alone with your iPad. <laughs> wow, this turned into a really cheerful uh, sponsorship update. Thanks a lot for that, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're welcome. So back to WWDC. First, let's talk about the software that's yeah. going to be announced. So we'll likely see watchOS 5 for the Apple Watch iOS 12, we'll for sure see. Um, we'll also get tvOS update and a Mac OS update. Um, so let's start with watchOS 5. Um, you just looked at me expectantly, so I guess that's a cue that I'm supposed to talk about it. Um, <laughs> so I guess usually with every update, Apple brings out new faces. Um, I really enjoyed the new watch faces they brought out with watchOS 4 because there was a lot of... Um, activity integration like activity tracking integration and like the siri uh, watch and the face. siri one so you know they could be just more like disney things or they could actually be really useful so i'm excited to see what they bring out um last year apple bought the sleep tracking company Bedit, mm. and so people are hopeful that that means that maybe we can see some sleep tracking i mean now my apple watch you know i can get two days without charging it often so you know really if if a if the series four ends up having even better battery life then that makes sleep tracking much more possible so yeah i'm so like would you wear your your watch to bed that seems so weird to me it seems uncomfortable i if i I had a hard time sleeping i would i have yeah if i wanted to track my sleep i've always been a fan of the and i uh the products that are kind of go under your bed but i guess then if you have somebody else in the bed it doesn't work very well and the watch probably would work so i can see that um a lot of people are really into sleep tracking just so you know i'm aware i'm aware i just didn't (laughs) know that they were left with good sleep david (laughs) so also this is a really common complaint and i haven't necessarily heard rumors that apple will fix this oversight um but i'm gonna bring it up as maybe a wish we need a podcast app for the apple watch we do yeah i love podcasts right and Everyone loves podcasts. If you don't, you should. Well, yeah, uh, you should reevaluate your life. Listening to this, I'm assuming they do. I'm right. just gonna yeah. throw that out so, there. We are currently on a podcast, yeah, so, so we can safely diss people who yeah, don't like yeah, them. That's true. Okay, great. That's what I was trying to avoid. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we need we need a podcast app for the Apple Watch, and maybe just some more sort of like, uh, what if you could dictate notes? You know, from your Apple Watch. That would, that be, would cool. be really nice. Yeah, there could be a lot more sort of. Apple stock apps that could be modified and put on the Apple Watch in a way that could be really useful, and I'm hoping that Apple will do that. Um, I think we can count on new fitness tracking features or mm-hmm. health tracking. Um, 
you know, in addition to sleep monitoring, you know, more, even more heart rate monitoring things, maybe, you know, different, like working with different accessories that can go on your watch to track like your glucose levels, things like that would be really great. Um, One thing that I, um, I don't like about the latest Apple watch is that while they say you have access to 40 million songs on your wrist, because now you can with the GPS, I mean, not sorry, with the cellular enabled Apple watch, you can technically access all of Apple music. You can only do that with Siri, actually. Like if you open the music app and look for songs, you you can't do it that way. Mm. Uh, and that's you can only access music there that you've already downloaded to your watch. Oh. So it's actually a little misleading what they're saying they're offering. There's no like search function except for with Siri? Yes. Okay. For the for the whole all of Apple music. So I'm hoping they do something about that as well. This is what what I would like most for the Apple Watch. It will not be announced because it's a third-party app, but I'm a a poor, sad Spotify user who does not have an Apple Watch app, and I don't know why Spotify hasn't gotten on that yet. It would be so nice. I agree. Yeah, I I think a lot of people agree. Um, You know what I want? So with watchOS 4, I was very excited because Apple created the ability to set a default playlist so when you start a workout that playlist just starts playing Mm -hmm. but i misunderstood during the wwdc (laughs) announcement what that meant and i was like cool i'll set up one for my running workout i'll set up one for you know like my weightlifting workout or for yoga but no you can just do one that automatically starts playing anytime you start any workout that sounds really annoying well you can work around it by starting a different playlist before you start your workout but why? Why should I have to? Yeah, that sounds like so an So I hope Apple, Apple fixes that. Yeah. So, so that's all we have for watchOS 5. We'll see what, what we get. Um, iOS 12, the biggest, most consistent rumor we've heard is that iOS 12 will, for the most part, be a stability update. Mm-hmm. iOS 11 had seemed like a record number of bugs and problems. So it will be nice to have a more stable iOS. But... Um, you know, sorry to disappoint you guys. But in my opinion, I think iOS 11 is was the worst iOS update of all time. Not only did it have so many bugs that still haven't been fixed, it also, like, what were the new features they had that came out with iOS 11? It's been a while, but, like, I don't remember any of them being particularly exciting. Like, with iOS 7, it had being a lot of bugs. Being able to scan in the Notes app, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't care. It just ruined my phone and didn't give me much in return. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> Tell I, us how you really feel, David. <laughs> I, I, I don't feel, like, a lot of people are like, oh, it's just a stability update. But, you know, a phone that works well is actually like the number one feature I want. Yeah. So I'm actually excited because iOS 11 was crazy buggy. It was, yeah. Um, another interesting rumor uh, is cross-platform apps. I was seeing that also when reading up on Mac OS updates, um, that there'll be iPhone and iPad apps that you can then just use exactly as is on your Mac, which can make it easier oh, when you're yeah. transferring tasks. That was pretty interesting because really Apple has, for the most part, really kept their desktop and mobile uh, softwares really separate. So mm-hmm. this could be kind of tiptoeing into merging them in certain ways. So, well, And that makes a lot of sense because if you use an iPhone app regularly mm-hmm. that you that does not have a Mac version of the app, 
you can't access that information on your computer. And this would be a really cool way to, because a lot of apps sync across iOS and you can use them on iPhone or iPad, but don't sync to Mac. So that'd yeah. be really or, cool. And they work on Android too yeah, sometimes. Yeah, that'd be really cool to be able to do that. I'd be excited. Me too. Parental controls is another one. We've been wanting this for a really long time so that you uh, can control what your kids are doing on the device in, a, in an effective way. Because we know restrictions just don't cut it. And also, like, the one of the most popular posts on our entire site is what to do if you forget your restrictions passcode. Yeah, so, which is, you know, it's, not, it's not an easy process, but we can help you if this happens to you. Right, so it's, um, yeah, it all needs to be simpler and also not destroy your phone, your ability to use your phone if you forget the passcode you've set up. Can I tell you what feature that... Uh, we've been asking for in this office for like five years now that still hasn't come out that drives me crazy. Multiple users on a, on a phone. Yeah, this is sort of At in the same the vein. IPad. Yeah. Like it would be very useful also for parental controls. Well, that's what yeah. I actually thought you were meaning is like if you could have a like a user for a child who could log in and say access the games they want but not send text messages to everyone you know that would be really cool yeah and not this is a real life scenario that i have witnessed happen <laughs> this is a true story um, i don't know i was gonna say something about parental controls but now i've had oh yeah the apple tv you know you can have like switch user accounts. Yeah, so Apple TV lets you, and, and Mac, of course, you've been able to do it for years. So it, yeah, I, I don't understand why at least the iPad doesn't have it because generally the iPad is not as personal a device as the iPhone. The latest MacBooks allow you to use Touch ID to yeah. log into different accounts. I'm really hoping that with the new iPad Pro with Face ID that you could like log into different user accounts with your, you know, depending on the face, and that would be so cool. We're kind of bouncing between devices a little bit here, but while we're complaining about not supporting multiple users, the HomePod is one of the most egregious ones. Because it doesn't recognize your voice, you can walk up to it and anybody can walk up to it and have them read all your text messages if you're logged yeah, in or send so... text messages. There's so much you can do because it doesn't have voice recognition. It's, it's pretty so scary. Yeah, yeah, that's not I cool mean, at all. You can choose to not allow it to do that, but then you yeah, lose that function. Then you're yeah. limiting the feature. Yes. And you don't have and a then, smart speaker anymore. Yeah. Or, you know, you can have one in your bedroom that has that ability, but then one in a public space in your house that doesn't. But mm -hmm. then it's kind of like, it's kind of an overpriced speaker already. Yeah. Like, do you yeah. want to buy two? Yeah, totally. So we'll try to clarify here, by the way, as we're going through and the features that we're hoping for <laughs> and the ones that are actually really likely, to, uh, you know, based off of the rumors. So stability, cross-platform apps, those are things that we've heard a lot about. Parental controls, as far as I am have seen, and multi-user accounts, that's something that we just think is long overdue, but we don't know whether mm -hmm. Apple will, will actually... Yeah solved for us this time around. Is there anything um, else for iOS 12? That AirPlay is, or... 2, revamped iBooks, more health features we have here. Okay. Um, messages in the cloud, as far as I know, is not out yet. Well, and AirPlay 2 was promised for iOS 11, Yeah. FYI. So yeah, messages in the cloud, it was first promised for iOS 11, then for 11.3, we still haven't gotten it. And that would mean that you can sync all of your messages across your computer and your uh, basically on all of your devices. They'd be in the cloud and you don't have to delete them everywhere or uh, manage them in other ways. So. And also, couldn't you then, would you be able to log into like iCloud.com right. on a PC yeah. and access and your messages? And messages from there so, too. Yeah. That would be so great. Yeah. Yeah. So 
those, I assume, unless it comes out sooner, will be now an iOS 12 update a year later. <laughs> um, so moving on to tvOS, we have original content, question mark, maybe. I know Apple has been, there have been a lot of yeah. talk about that. Yeah, wasn't it? I think it was um, oh, the science, Isaac, Isaac Asimov. Didn't they license one of his books? That's what I read that. I don't know. I think they did. So I, I think Apple is really considering getting into original content, which will be really interesting because it's so far removed from something they've ever done, to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. But also they have so much money to throw around. <laughs> and so far what they've d- done to try to bring in all the different content, I don't think has been that successful. Well, because like they didn't have TV Netflix. App, they didn't include Netflix, I know. And then also another big one, I can't remember which it was. Was it maybe? It was Amazon Prime. You couldn't watch Amazon Prime on your Apple TV. You had to like Up until very recently. Yeah, now you can. Yeah. But yeah, in the TV app, it, like you can manage all of your content on your iPhone and on your Apple TV, supposedly except for it's missing a lot of the big providers so yeah i actually really like their system like i love universal search i think that works really well and it works for netflix as well and i really like the tv app except that i don't use it because it doesn't have the content but if they did add netflix and they did add kind of all original providers and original content too i'm so skeptical of original content to be honest really yeah i just they don't know what they're doing maybe they'll pull it off i don't know i I feel like all like amazon netflix all these big names now have original content to me it's really bringing up the quality of tv yeah okay okay (laughs) i'll give it a chance donna Okay. But pulling it all in, because it is right now confusing that each show that I want to watch is on a different app, and I have to remember which app is which show. And, I know. And the, especially because I have a satellite subscription, that means I have access to a lot of extra apps uh, like you know TNT or whatever, and pulling it all into one app would be really great if they could pull it off. They aren't mm-hmm. quite there yet. Okay, so now we're going to talk about one of the really exciting rumors that I know David and I at least are really excited about, and that's an iPad Pro. Yeah. It's it's looking pretty good for Apple to announce an iPad Pro with Face ID and an edge-to-edge display at WWDC. Wow. And uh, so... For any of you who have the iPhone 10, this would you know clearly be taking some of the design from that, having the uh, display go all the way to the edges, getting rid of the home button, and instead having the true depth camera that allows you to unlock your iPad with your face, and also that presumably would would support an emojis if that's something you care about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't particularly, but I know a lot of people are really into it. Um, the one thing that was a little disappointing is that it probably would not have an OLED display. Mm-hmm. Um, already with the iPhone 10, that's what made it more expensive. Um, and the iPad display is clearly so much larger, so we'd probably still have an LED display. Sarah, you were saying that you are leaning towards getting the new iPad that was just announced. It's the cheaper model. Is that correct? That is correct. Why yeah. is that? We're going to have this debate like a lot after the announcement, but let's talk about it now. I, you know, I have like a MacBook Air at home that I use Mm -hmm. for like working remotely. Uh, I don't see myself starting to work on my iPad um, if I buy one. So I'm kind of more thinking of it as a family device where people can watch shows or, Mm -hmm. you know, use apps that are better on an iPad. Um, And, you know, I, I feel like iPads aren't something you need to update constantly so i'm Mm -hmm. fine with buying like sort of more like middle of the road ipad as opposed to like the fanciest newest ipad pro and it's pretty affordable how much is it again 
I three forty nine. Yeah, it's it's really affordable and actually, relative to what this iPad will probably cost. I am the cost. parent of a college student. I can get an education discount. Ooh. That's nice. So I think I'll save like twenty bucks. But you know, yeah, and it gives like you a 50. discount on the Apple Pencil too. I saw because oh, because okay. the new iPad that was just announced, even though it's not you know one of their uh, pro models, does support the Apple Pencil, which is nice. This one uh, they say also will have. Uh, Apple Pencil support will likely not have wireless charging, but maybe. Oh, um, and then people saying starting at six ninety nine. Oh, that's actually more a, affordable than I thought. Having a glass backed iPad could be complicated. Oh, okay. Potentially, uh, I agree. I yeah. Agree. Which, which is what you need in order for the wireless charging. That's why they did that with the iPhone ten. Um, but yeah, I think one thing that's cool about the edge to edge display on the iPad is that. Uh, I think that the 12.9 inch iPad Pro is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. My dad has one, and it's just enormous, it's huge, it's enormous. Yeah. And so I think that like this would make me happier to get the smaller one, but get like a couple extra, uh, a little bit of a larger display. It'd be mm-hmm. nice, you know? Yeah, it's exactly the same benefit that I'm always talking about yeah. with the iPhone 10, which is smaller form factor with a larger screen. And especially on the iPad with such a big screen, the gestures are very easy and convenient. Like I already use a lot of those gestures. And so I'm excited about it. If you've listened to podcasts for a while, you know, I still have an iPad Air. So I've been holding out for a while. I love it. I use it all the time. Uh, and so I, I think I probably will see. I'll probably splurge and get the more expensive one because I keep it so long and I use it so much. But uh, we'll see. Yeah. So that's those are the biggest WWDC rumors that we uh, are hearing. A HomePod software update we have here as a potential update. I know that's something it, that Sarah and David are hoping for because they have the HomePod and are, you know, have very mixed feelings about mm-hmm. it and so it like what would be the software updates that you guys would be really looking for with this i mean airplay too right well sort of i don't have two home pods yeah so. actually i'm not planning to get one i just think so they it, promised it and they still don't have it yeah well, what's the deal with airplay too what would that allow you it, to do? it allows you to and i think i would depending on how it works so it allows you to play multiple airplay speakers at the same time similar to how you can daisy chain bluetooth speakers nice. uh i do have another airplay speaker that is not a home pod so is i'm it the curious Libertone? To see, yeah i have a cool. Libertone. uh i have a bunch of airplay speakers and so uh, if it lets me connect all of them i will be very excited i don't know if it will um the main thing i want to see from home pod is honestly just more functionality it came out with a very limited feature set the things that i use are really nice but it's pretty limited for the price. And so those are part of why I bought it was I kind of trusted Apple that they will update the software to add more functionality over time. And I'm kind of waiting for that for it to take the next step from being kind of fun to be an early adopter to being an integral part of like my daily life. Isn't some of that that you need it to have integration with third party apps? Third party apps, absolutely. But yeah. even its own apps like Calendar. Oh, yeah, you can't It needs can't to be able to read calendar. my calendar. Yeah, seriously. So there's a lot of those. And yeah. it, it does integrate with the podcast app, but it doesn't work very well, and I always have a hard time with it, so I end up taking out my phone. Ah, uh, all right. Well, that is a wrap on our WWDC rumors. Definitely join the Facebook group so that when it's June 4th and the announcement is happening, you can log in and follow along with us for our WWDC party. And make sure you sign up for the list so that we can email you and let you know when our first ever live podcast is going to be. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm so excited too. 
So now we'll share our Apple complaints and learning before wrapping up this episode. Uh, what have you guys been complaining about? Or, <laughs> or learning. Or learning. What haven't I been complaining about? Um, I, I actually have one I'll jump in with. Um, and that's, I want to ask you guys if you have any tips for how to not have Hey Siri interrupt you. Um, oh, shoot. Um, whenever I use hands-free Siri, I only get halfway through my request and then Siri mm. stops me. And this is something you, when you're manually using Siri, you can bypass this by pressing and holding the home button or the side buttoning button, depending what phone you have, and then just let up once you're done talking. But a lot of, I really like using hands-free Siri, but I can pretty much never get through a request without being interrupted. Um, one thing I found that helps is to actually decide exactly what I'm going to say to Siri before I say it. So that there's no like, hey, Siri, uh, schedule an appointment um, at four three on Saturday. Yeah. Um, like the thinking on my feet thing did. doesn't work out that well for me. Yeah. Because like I pause for a second <laughs> and it's, yeah. Right. But it seems like a, a Apple should account for that. It, like it yeah, should be sure. smart enough to allow you to have pauses and, and us and things like that and, and account yeah. for it. I, I don't know that I have an answer, but right. I, I think it qualifies as a very legitimate complaint. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I get really annoyed with Siri for this very reason. And um, actually, I recently read an article that said you shouldn't date people who aren't nice to their, like, you know, digital, digital assistants. assistants. <laughs> and I was like, well, shoot, I get really mad at Siri and therefore I'm undateable. <laughs> I, I feel very strongly about this article. We had a lot of debate because I feel like people are capable of distinguishing between inanimate objects and people. And so just because you're mean to an inanimate object does not mean that you're mean to people. Yeah, I think I agree with that. <laughs> Maybe I'm just saying that because I swear at Siri a lot. <laughs> And, and that could uh, be our question of the week. Is it okay to be mean to Siri? <laughs> yes, I like this question. I yeah. like it. Okay. What does it say about you if you okay. yell at Siri? P- I, email podcasts at iphonelife.com. Or I always in say the please group. and thank you to Siri. Really? Yeah. I do too. I feel really awkward if I don't say please to Siri. And then I feel right. weird that I just said please to Like you'll be a like, can you please person. send me this yeah. send this text message? Yeah. Wow. But then when like Siri, like I work really hard to enunciate things clearly. I think about it before I say it. And then Siri gets it completely wrong. And I and then I like repeat it and Siri gets it wrong. And like by the third or fourth time, like I might... I might say something not nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like embarrassed about it. <laughs> All right, what about you guys? Uh, my complaint is, uh, I, I've complained about this in the past, but it actually seems like it's gotten worse. CarPlay. That's we haven't talked about for mm. iOS 11. Apple needs to improve CarPlay. Uh, it's, I love it. It's a really nice interface, but it just is glitchy. So what happens is I'll plug in my phone and it. It auto, starts auto playing the music that I have on, which I love, and then it'll just stop playing it. And I'll push play, and it won't work. And it says the same thing with my podcasts. And so what you end up having to do is you have to undock your phone, like close out the app, reopen the app, redock it, then push play, and then it'll start working. Which it defeats the whole purpose of CarPlay, which is supposed to avoid you having to use your phone while you're driving. Uh, and so it's, and it seems like with 11.3 we're on now, it's gotten worse. Uh, in addition to that, they don't have access to a lot of third-party apps. There's a few of them, but not very many. Mm. So I feel like CarPlay has so much potential 
because the car companies have really not done a good job with the UI and Apple did a great job with the UI, really easy to use for what it is functional on. It's really functional, but it's just buggy and they it's driving me crazy. Also, I want them to see them have wireless syncing so that you don't have to dock it, which would be so much nicer. I just remembered a, a rumor that I have to tell you guys about okay. for WWDC. I don't something you said jogged this, but Apple is likely uh, coming out with a new AirPods, and that's something oh, that's yeah. really cool because it's going to have excited. a wireless charging. Mm-hmm. So you can have a wireless charging pad for your iPhone if you have the eight or the t- the ten, and you can have your iPhone and your AirPods charging on there together. Also, you and can summon Watch. Siri in your Apple Watch, and then you can also summon Siri without tapping. Like now, you have to tap your airpods to do that but this you would be able to use hands-free siri so i have been i'm really excited for this year because there's all these devices i've been holding out for that i think are coming the ipad i've been holding out for rayanne who is one of our editors is obsessed with her uh airpods and has convinced me that even though i can get pretty much any headphone i want for free because of my job i'm gonna go and pay for the airpods because they're that great i'm i'm gonna if they come out with a new one i'm gonna get them but studio pods, is that you're going to say? No, yeah. but talk about studio pods and then oh. I will tell you my thing. Okay, I was going to say the other rumor is that there will also be over ear headphones. People are calling them studio pods. They could totally be called something else, but that these would be high end headphones, probably in the $300, $350 range that they'd come out Q4, but potentially would be uh, announced at WWDC. And so, um, I mean, there's not really that much we know besides that, but that it might incorporate some HomePod functionality into headphones mm. too. So that could yeah. be cool. I okay. just want to say that I'm not every like, because I, Connor and I have this long standing beef about Beats by Dre, and she loves them and I hate them. <laughs> I don't think they are very good headphones. And so I'm not excited for these because they will presumably be similar to Beats by Dre. Go ahead, Sarah. Okay, so I was thinking about, like, because you're talking about how the way CarPlay works now basically defeats the whole purpose because it's supposed to make it convenient and safe to access certain, you know, iOS features while you're driving. And I was thinking about, like, that's why I get angry with Siri. It's, like, because it's supposed to be more convenient. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have to pick up my phone. I don't have to tap things. And, and so, and it ends up being like more work. And then I often end up doing it on my phone anyway. Yeah. And I have this problem with the HomePod, like the HomePod can't do so many things that, you know, I'm starting to learn. And so I'll pick up my phone and say, Hey Siri, like, you know, find out this information for me. And then if I'm in my bedroom where I keep my HomePod, the HomePod will chime in and say, I'm sorry, I can't find that information for you. You know, that's beyond my capabilities. And I'm like, I didn't ask you. (laughs) And, you know, so, yeah, I feel like Siri really needs to actually be more convenient. Like, you know, like, (laughs) it just needs to be improved so badly. I, I agree. There's this really, like, profound feeling of defeat when you try to use Siri to do something you could have done on your phone you try and it doesn't work so then you have to mm. go and take out your phone it's right. like the you whole feel point so was it was like, supposed to be yeah. easier and quicker <laughs> and then it's worse yeah i agree so right. oh. I, I learned something very okay, important so um i kind of knew you could do this but uh somebody actually asked last night on the facebook page how to do it and so i went and figured it out so i could share it with them 
and I'm very excited because this happens to me all the time too. This person on the Facebook group had forgotten to track her yoga class and she was going to lose her her streak. Oh, this I sounds know. like something would really <laughs> She was you. she was like, you know, cuz I told her how to do it. She's like, "Thanks. I thought I was going to have to go do another workout." <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> and I was amazing. like, I get you. <laughs> that is amazing. So, so what you if you and I also went to yoga and forgot to track it. So this was exciting. Um, <laughs> you can manually enter an Apple Watch workout on your iPhone in the Health app. Oh, um, cool. You can either, it's in activities. If you tap on activities, you can scroll down and you'll find a workout. Or you can actually very quickly get there by just swiping down on the screen and then br- to bring up the search bar and just type workouts. And it will open it. And you can tap the little plus sign in the upper right corner and you can enter like the activity and how long it was and how many calories you burned and then it will show up on your apple watch that's really that's cool. awesome and, and then, so you you won't know precisely how many calories you burned but i mean you get a general idea if, if it's a workout you do a lot you can probably guess yeah um or you know you could just google i don't know and also if you feel like if you mess up something in a workout i i couldn't find a way to edit something once oh, you you've entered it, it. Oh. but you can delete it and re-enter it because that happens to me a lot like i'll log i'll log a workout and then i'll forget to turn it off and they'll think i worked out for way longer than i did like a four hour yeah run. well see you could delete that and then enter the correct amount yeah, yeah or i could just cool. get the credit for it it's yeah. fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah and also just to let you guys know i have currently I'm on a new like move streak. Ooh, like, let's hear I've, it. It's only like 48 days. That's a long time. That's a really long. <laughs> That's time. a really but long time. But I finally time. like my last. I broke my last like 47 days. Um, oh, today's like, the day you just beat it today. today oh, I, yeah. I saw the notification. Actually, I congratulated wow. you. Oh, you did. I didn't yeah. get that message. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I'm excited, and I that's why I could totally relate to <laughs> to this Facebook group member. We are that's all impressive. Apple Watch fitness buddies, so we see notifications from when we work out. But really what it is, is Don and I just see notifications from when Sarah work out and congratulate her. You've so, been working out a lot lately, David. I have, but mostly yeah. I just decided to log walks. <laughs> Before we close the episode, let's make that our second question of the week. What's your longest streak? Ooh. If you are an Apple Watch or other you know fitness band user, let us know what your streak is and what are your secrets to keeping that going. Hey, so email podcast at iphonelife.com. Podcast okay, at iphonelife.com. How do you, you check it? Yeah. So you go, you open your activity app. Okay. And in the bottom, there's an achievements tab. And the uh, move streak tab is a little like infinity sign in a little. I honestly don't even think I've gotten it. I, I tend to work out like, a few it's, times it, a week and never, i don't if you've never yeah. gotten it it yeah okay that's sad so if you so, so if you do have it then it's a failure. green little it's not an octagon it's like a infinity symbol explained yeah. it i got it, it yeah and so you can tap on that and it will say you earned this award for your longest daily move streak so oh my current streak is 47 days my current streak's one day Donzi? <laughs> I don't even know. But. Okay, but, but you know, I actually think your daily move goal is higher than mine. It is really high. Just to be high. fair. It is really high. I have experimented over the years um, with finding a move goal that I can attain. Like, if I stay sick in bed all day, I'm not going to make it. But if I, you know, 
am reasonably active. Like I walk my dogs a couple times and, you know, like do some housework and, you know, but don't do a workout, I can still make it. Mm, I should lower mine. Then I can get a streak going. Yeah. Okay. Right. We are Thanks, way guys. off. <laughs> so email podcast at iphonelife.com. Let us know about your streaks. And thanks so much for joining us. And we'll see you at the WWDC party if you join the Facebook group. So thanks, thanks guys. Thanks, everyone.